Good morning, Elmira Baptist Church. I want to do something a little different today and I want to give you an update. Not, not my Thursday update. That, that's all good. Uh, what I want to do is just give you a little update and then I want to talk about something that has been on my heart for a while and I just haven't found a good place to talk about it. So those of you that find these on YouTube, those of you that find these on Facebook, those of you that catch the podcast, you're just going to get a little bit of extra bonus today. I'm going to start today by welcoming you, and we're going to call this the Elmira and You podcast for Monday, March 6th, 2023. Just a few things. Yesterday, we had an offering for Turkey, or some of you know, we're, they're changing their name to Turkey A. We had an offering for them, and in addition to the $5,000 that we sent, we're going to send another $880 Perhaps a few more dollars came in last night. We will see. But thank you for your faithful giving to that project. We are hoping, we are hoping to have a snow trip this coming Saturday, March 11th. But I'm telling you, the weather does not look good. So stay tuned. We'll see if we can't get that information to you as soon as we have it. Next Saturday is also Saturday night into Sunday morning is daylight savings time. So most of us, our clocks are just going to set themselves forward, but don't be late. Now, the nice thing about this coming one is if you forget to set your clocks forward, you show up an hour early for church. So not such a big deal, but I don't want you to miss any sleep. Go to bed an hour early and plan to be right on time this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, March 12th, is our registration Sunday for Wolf Mountain Camp. The dates for that camp are July 17th to the 22nd. July 17th to the 22nd, there's a $50 non-refundable registration fee that is due this coming Sunday along with the registration form. You can see Tammy Harder for more details. And then a men's work day on Saturday, March 8th. 18th, 9 o'clock in the morning. A fella asked me recently how long I thought we'd go. We usually go till about noon, and then there's a meal for us. Thank you, uh, those of you that provide that meal. But uh, if you could only come for an hour, I'd rather you come for an hour than not at all. And if you can stay till one or two, I'm sure there will be work to do. John and Kathy Nordstrom are going to be with us on Sunday, March 19th, all day, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And so I hope that you'll be able to join us for that. And then we want to have another cottage prayer meeting. This is where we meet at a home rather than at the church. We just spend time praying and reading God's word and praying and reading God's word. I hope you'll join us on Monday, March 20th for the next one of those. Now, this is what's been on my heart for a little while. And it's a little silly, but, you know, some of you have been to Disneyland and some of you have not been to Disneyland. If you've not been to Disneyland, don't worry, you're not missing anything. But you know, I've been to Disneyland and I thought there were a few lessons that we can learn from a trip to Disneyland. First thing I want you to know is that Disneyland will certainly teach you patience and priorities. There is no way you can see the entire park, every single ride, every single part of every of the park in one day. So you have to prioritize and decide what's important to you and what you're willing to stand in line for. I think that's a po positive. But the truth is at Disneyland, very little is as it seems. There's amazing facades and incredible 
imagineering that goes into the park. But behind it all, there isn't reality. If you think, by the way, that the last election was stolen, I do challenge you to consider just sitting outside the gates of Disneyland and watching the people who go in. There's a lot of people with very odd ideas. To those people, Disneyland is their projection of reality. It's their temple of aspiration. It's really a pilgrimage for some of these people. Is it any wonder that our government is the way it is when those who are electing our representatives are the way that they are? I believe that many people are substituting a trip to Disneyland for a daily relationship with their children. They're busy, they've got jobs, they've got their own uh, hobbies and plans, and they send their kids to various activities, and then they say, once a year, we're going to go to Disneyland together and spend time with their kids and think that, that makes up for all the days that they missed with their children. You'd be better off spending a little bit of time each day with your child, teaching your child the Word of God, loving your child, doing something fun with your child, bake a cake, take a walk in the park, then neglect your child throughout the year and then take them on a big trip to Disneyland. By the way, no amount of amusement and entertainment can bring happiness and satisfaction for more than a few days. If you are ever at Disneyland, notice the number of disgruntled children that are there. Surrounded by all kinds of amusements and entertainments and rides and games and music, but that doesn't bring lasting happiness. Disneyland has embraced the smartphone culture. I'm not sure how we go back from the smartphone culture. I'm not sure that the smartphone culture is good for us, but how do you go back? As Christians, we're going to need to develop, to develop a theology of the smartphone to go forward. But what bothers me most is that many Christians I see want to disnify the church. They want to take that same culture that Disneyland has made so popular in Anaheim and in Orlando and bring the church up to speed with Disneyland. They want to have programs and attractions that are intended to draw people in. People go to Disneyland because they want to go. In fact, people pay large sums of money to get into Disneyland. Large sums of money to, uh, for accommodations to be near Disneyland. They want to go there because there's attractions and programs. And some people say, you know what we need to do at the church? We need to give people what they want. We need to find out what it is that will attract people and do that to bring them in. But I ask you, when Moses brought down the two tablets from Mount Sinai, was the thought on his head, I wonder what these people want. No, the people knew what they wanted. They wanted a golden calf. They wanted music and dancing and immorality. Fornication, the Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That's what the people wanted. Moses didn't bring that to them. I don't think what was on Jesus' mind in John chapter 6, as he fed the, the 5,000, and then later they come and they find him again, what was on Jesus' mind was not, I wonder what these people want. 
The people wanted to make him king right then and there so that he could feed them every single day. That's, that's what the people wanted. That wasn't what Jesus wanted. You know, when we try to disney the church, the whole point is to grow a church that's large enough that it can attract people based on its size. We'll put it in a prominent location. We'll make sure it has lots of programs, great staff, and then people will come. That's one way to develop a church. That's not the way the church in Acts developed. Elmira Baptist Church is not trying to use the Disneyland method or the Disney World method to grow the church. That's why I keep preaching on that spirit of revival. Me, you, being open to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Seeking God's power in our lives, seeking God's power in our family, speaking, seeking God's power on our church, seeking the Holy Spirit to intervene in our community and ultimately in our nation. That's what's needed. Thank you for joining me for an extra podcast. I hope you'll join me again on Thursday when I'll give another update. Facebook, hope to post it to YouTube and also to our SoundCloud account. You can listen to it on most podcasts. See you there.